Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. Are you ready to hear from God? I, I am ready. <laughs> no, no, I have a few notes. Um, who remembers what we talked about last week? We're not giving it away yet. Who remembers what we talked about last Sunday in Church in the Home? There we go. Today's Sharing Life Part 2. And, um, and it actually really ties in with what we've been singing this morning, what we've been praying this morning, what Andrew just shared, that... Um, when we pray, God, you know, let your will be done, let your kingdom come, there is a response that heaven wants from us that says, church arise. That's what Andrew just shared. And, and part of that response that we're looking at as a wider church is that response is to share our lives, to not just be an isolated Christian that prays, um, but actually a Christian that prays and then a Christian that expects that to happen in their lives. So um, anyone seen the Vision Sunday a few weeks ago or, or been there live maybe? Um, Pastor Clive brought a vision Sunday, but he called it more earthing the vision. He, he kept saying, this is not going to be anything majorly new. This is what we've always been commanded to do in the word, but we really want to make this work in our lives. We really want to make this personal. We want to see it outworked in our lives. And I want to touch or start with one thing that he drew out, and it was personalizing the Great Commission. Personalizing the Great Commission. So I don't know what your reaction is to that. I'm going to read the Great Commission in a second. But some of us are freaking out a little bit when Jesus comes out with these massive words. Um, some, some of you might be asking, oh, can I even do that? Or, they just, or some people just think, oh, as the church, we hopefully do that a little bit. But let's read the Great Commission in Matthew 28. And I think you'll have it on the screen. Um, in Matthew 28, Jesus says, uh, he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Very encouraging. But what does he say next? Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Big words, isn't it? Big words. And also, I don't know about you, but sometimes um, I I used to love listening to... to, uh, People's important speeches, sort of, they, you know, they've, they've come through a long university um, degree course. What are the last words? Or, or someone like Steve Jobs, what are the last things he said? Like, you know, or, or maybe you, you had an elderly um, family member pass away. What are the last things they said? And um, I don't know exactly the last words that Jesus said, but this is one of the last few things. Because after that, you know, we read in the first few chapters of Acts, he was taken up to heaven to be with God again. So this is one of the last things he said. You know, he said so much in his life. He was teaching all the time. But somehow, and I don't know about you, but these words have been ringing in me for a few weeks or months now. This is important. This is important. But I don't know about you. Does it make you freak out? Do you think, oh, yeah, great. I'm doing that anyways. Let's get on to the next thing. I don't know. But for me, these words are something that I'm encouraged by. I'm challenged by. But also, I want my life to be shaped around. Go into all the world Baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples. So there is a sense of there's going to be new disciples. But the thing he said before is, you go. But please don't freak out. We're not here to freak out. (laughs) The message title is Sharing Our Lives. 
And I think sometimes with these massive statements, what we have to do first is not be overwhelmed by the size of it, but actually think, what can I do now? Where am I at? Not in a way of thinking I'm falling short or condemning yourself, not at all. That's not what any of us want to do. That's not Jesus' heart either. He always met people where they were at and helped them to take the next step. So with this massive commission, can we just start with sharing our lives? Even before we talk about Jesus and faith, and can we just talk about sharing our lives? Because as we share our life, it doesn't just stay with us. We somehow connect with others. And that's what we talked about last week, and that's what we want to follow on from this week. So this is an expansive thing. It doesn't just stay with you as an individual believer or us here in a group. You know, It should expand. Now, um, most of you have been around a while, so you know what we've been doing as a church with Church in the Home. And I don't know what your experience has been, but I found it has deepened my relationship with, with others of you. you know? um, some of you have invited people into your house. Some of you have come to my house, <laughs> our house. Um, some of us, we've met people that can't come to church for practical reasons, and we've been sharing life. But to sit in someone's living room tells you much more about the person, invites you more into their life than just coming to an external place. I don't know if you found this, but we've been investing in our relationships with each other. Some of you have also visited other people in the church that find it difficult to come. There's been a real sense of fellowship, of friendship. We talked about it a lot in the last few months as a church. Jesus said in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another. And I don't know about you, but church in the home can can be very challenging, but actually there's a new sense of loving one another if you're sitting with them, if you're inviting them into their lives, if you can listen to them, if you have time to eat together, to share. So Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And his love was so extravagant, wasn't it? By this, by this love, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, I can't remember who it was, but with one or two of you a few months ago, we talked about this verse, and we said, um, if people need to see our love, then who's watching us love each other? You know, if if people are going to come to know Jesus through us loving each other, who's watching? (laughs) Because right now, this is who's watching. You You can look around. These are the people that see us loving each other, serving each other, encouraging each other, catching up, praying for each other. How we love each other in this room, who sees it? Us. And probably you found with church in the home, the people you've invited, they saw each other loving. But what about the people that actually need to come to know Jesus? Do they see us loving each other? I'm not saying it's a yes or no, I'm just asking the question. So these verses when Jesus says, love one another and the world will know who sees. Now we still want to fully invest in our relationships, and, um, but we want to look further than that. We want to add to that. We're going to want to go beyond the borders of of what we now experience as church. But actually, we'll find we're already doing that to an extent. Now, a lot can happen at a wedding. It happened in Jesus' time. When Jesus went to a wedding, a lot happened there. Um, And I don't know who of you were there, but we had um, Kurt and Angelica's wedding celebration last Saturday, I believe. And it was quite, quite a special time. There were loads of guests from work, people they grew up with. Some knew God, some didn't, some had a very um, religious um, kind of faith that I would find very tricky myself, but, but we agree on some things, whatever, but there were so many different people there. Um, 
But they chose to do something very specific. They wanted to include their faith. And they said to us, we want to play that worship song, a specific worship song, and we want everyone to listen to it. So there's this room, 40, 50 people, I don't know how many were. Um, and they, Kurt and Angelica stood, and we played that song. Everyone just listened. Most people didn't know the words. Um, but because they stood, everyone started standing up. So we had this whole room suddenly standing up. You know, they don't know what to do. Are we in church? Are we not in church? Um, and we just listened to the words. So I, I welcomed everyone and I said, just, just listen to the words or reflect on, you know, appreciating Kurt and Angelica, something like that. And you could see people touched, people that you can't see here this morning. I mean, some of us were there, but say 40 others weren't there. They were touched. There was God's presence was there. And then they wanted us to pray for them. So there was this crowd of people <laughs> that um, we, we, well, some of us came up and just prayed. And I love all of you who prayed. You just prayed your heart out. It didn't matter whether Christians were in the room or non-Christians. You just prayed your heart out for them. And um, I wasn't actually praying. I was just looking. It was quite ent- entertaining. But, um, but to feel God's presence in a restaurant somewhere in Worthing Town, wherever we were, through that song, through the words, words are powerful, then through the prayers, the heart that was poured out for them. And then later, I came out of the bathroom and one chap just said to me, oh, thanks for the prayer. I didn't even pray, but great, yeah, that's all right, no worries. And he um, rolled a sleeve up and it was full of tattoos, but the tattoos were praying hands and a cross. And, and he said, I used to go to church, my mum was still alive, I'm not anymore. Um, and, and he works on Sundays anyways, he said, but, but I used to go to church, thank you so much for the prayer. And you know, when someone's really touched by God, you can just see it. They don't have to explain it with their words. You can just see his face. Now, he's not here this morning. I think he's working. He's a chef. But, but he was touched. And without realizing what Kurt and Angelica had done, is they were sharing life yes. with all these people. And part of their life was just that they loved Jesus and they wanted to include it. And, and they invited us to come into that life. And so... Um, it was funny because at the end I said to this chap, I said, oh, um, you know, it would be great to see you again, you know, trying to follow it up, really trying to build a relationship. And I said, oh, maybe at a birthday party or something that he would feel comfortable. And he said, no, no, see you at church, see you at church. Now, I hope he comes, I want him to come. But I don't know about you, is it always the best thing to invite people to a church service? Um, and then another question is, is us being there praying and worshipping, is that church? Like, were we doing church in that restaurant? Or, or do I need to drag people on a Sunday morning here? I mean, he was working anyways. But, but is, the, is it church? So would you invite a family member or friend that doesn't know Jesus? Would you bring them here? And, and some of us have done that. For others of us, that's maybe more difficult. But, but I think one thing God wants to do this morning and in this time is to sort of open our mind a little bit to, to he thinks bigger than us to not limit him to move in this room. And we all know this, but sometimes we still think for something to happen in someone's life, he needs to be here around 10, a bit earlier, that'd be good, then he can chat, catch up with some people. God is bigger than this room. Church is us, isn't it? Believers. Jesus said, wherever you gather, two or three, I'm there. So actually, I think we had church. Like, <laughs> we had loads of people there, which was great. Um, um, so rather than... In, Maybe, I want to suggest, rather than inviting and trying to drag people here, why can't we invite us into their lives? Why can't we invite each other into our lives and just share life together? And then the Great Commission isn't a thing where, oh, I need to fill the chairs here. And I would love to see more people here. But actually, 
can we just go to them? Can we have a meal? I mean, a wedding is a wedding. It doesn't happen that often, even though we had three in the last few months. But <laughs> generally, it doesn't happen that often. But can we just share life? Can we be with people where they are? It was funny, in, after the December outreach we did in Worthingtown, I think we took Monica or someone said something like, oh yeah, we have, you know, we have church in the home, we have church in the park when we go to the parks, we have church in the streets, and like, we just have church in the cafe now, we were warming up afterwards. And, and I really thought this weekend, can we just have church everywhere, like anywhere? Like, I know we're doing church now, um, and we understand it as what we do now, but actually if we are the church, let's share our lives, because then we're doing church all over the place. Wherever we are is church. Wherever we are, God wants to move. You are a moving temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's funny how much we know these things, but I think God wants them to come deeper into our hearts, that we don't just expect him to move here, but when we have dinner with our um, unsafe friends and families. But then you're not in it alone. So maybe you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but I've tried to witness, I've tried to share my life, and it doesn't work. I want to just encourage us not to think I've done that, I haven't done that. It's a bit like when Jesus said, throw your net out on the other side. And they were like, it doesn't work. We've tried it. We know what we're doing. And Jesus was like, no, but throw your net out. And they said, okay, because you say so. And I, I'm sure they were a big grandpas. Okay, whatever, just to, then he, he's got what he wants. But, and it worked, you know, it really worked. But um, <clears throat> I don't just want to encourage you to do the same thing. I want to encourage you to ask God, what's my next step? And one thing I want to suggest is if church is us, not just one individual, but two, three, however many, um, why don't you invite someone else into that circle? So maybe you've had you know, dinner with your family that doesn't know Jesus. Why don't you invite just one or two others? It doesn't really matter who it is. Just you know, get someone else who carries Jesus into that room and share life. And again, the first step might not be now I'm here, like, do you want to become a Christian at all? But it's to share life and to love well. But then, as I said about this chap, he was moved because he could sense God's presence, even though he can't put words to it necessarily. So don't just think you making it all happen. Just draw some other people in. Let's share life together. Let's reach out to people together. So think of a friend, work colleague, neighbor, family member, someone who isn't working with God. Would you bring them here? Would you bring them to church or can you bring church to them? Now, to pick on Terry again, we're picking on Terry a lot, but <laughs> Terry's a real inspiration with that. And, and I don't want to mention his na neighbor's name, but some of you have got to know her. He's been reaching out to his next door neighbor and invited her. And I'm sure you keep doing that. Invited her to Sunday mornings, which is great. We'd love to see her here. But the interesting thing for me was the first time we actually met her was at, um, at a funeral. And you could see she was quite nervous, you know, when you get to know new people. And, but it was great. We had a really good time. And Terry just, again, afterwards, just acts of kindness, just sharing life. Um, we found each ourselves meeting her and some others from Storrington, just from the church, just meeting up for coffee the other day, coffee, tea. Just in this prayer and fasting time, some of us just thought, let's just gather, all of us who live here in Storrington, let's just get together, just chat, just share life. And she was there. You know, I, she's not here this morning, and there are practical reasons also for that, but she wanted to have a coffee, that's fine. You know, it's not a church building, it's not too many people she doesn't know. It's, it's a cafe. 
But again, there were more than two or three of us. Are we, what was Terry's friend at church then, or was she not? I don't, I don't know what you think, but for me, she's, she was at church. Like, we were talking, we were, I can't remember whether we were praying for each other or not, but she was in God's presence. And, you know, people also need time to open up, time to, to, to warm up to things. But then let's not storm them with our faith confession. Let's share life with them. Let's love them well. And let's think that it's not just about her coming here. It's us going to her. So maybe your friends, neighbors, work colleagues, don't just think of them coming here. Think of you, her, you going to them. And maybe you can draw a few others in. Let's share life together. You've probably all drawn this hand at the beginning of the service. When we came in, we, we sort of put our hands on a paper and drew them. And you'll find them. Because we want to just use them for a minute. And I've got two questions on the screen. Um, and they're similar to last week, but I just want you to sort of um, earth that vision a bit more. The questions last week were, what are your circles of interactions and relationships? So who are you sharing life with? Who's in your life? For Terry, it's probably that neighbor. It's, as we were thinking about earlier for the people at the, at the country and Western place. Well, who is it for you? Is it work colleagues? Who is, and I just want you to write a few of them in those fingers. Because you could look at that hand and think, whose life am I touching? Who am I reaching out to? But don't just think of that as, who am I sharing my faith with? We talk about that later in the series. But whose life am I touching right now? My hands, my feet, my life. Who am I, whose life am I touching? Who are your circles of interactions and relationships? And then the question below, where is God showing you? So prayer, where is God showing you you could start sharing your life more proactively or more meaningfully? Basically, what's your next step of sharing life with them? So again, our heart is to, to reach them, to love them well, to show Jesus to them, to be church with them. But okay, very practically, so who is it in our lives? And what's your next step? And just for a few minutes around your table, just maybe share some of the names. Share, oh, this came into my head or, or, or something like that. And Jen, what's my next step? How can you share your life more meaningful? Is it a cup of tea? Is it a coffee? Is it... Whatever it is, and just a few minutes, and then we come back together. It's really good to just sort of earth that vision, isn't it? Okay, so what does that mean? What does that look like? <clears throat> but I just want to encourage you that baby steps are great. Please don't expect to run a marathon if, you've, if you're just, you know, on your sofa most of the day. Like, don't, please don't do that. Like, there's, I think there's an app or something where you... If you want to go and run a marathon, you start with getting up from the sofa and running to the kitchen and, or walking, sorry, I think, or something like that. Walk to the kitchen and back. Step one, you're brilliant. So let's, let's think more like that rather than being overwhelmed by the bigger picture and thinking, oh, I need to share my life now with five people because there are five fingers on this hand or something. Just if it's one person, if it's one coffee this week, if it's one text or call or one way that you share your life. Um, for some of us, that might be someone in this room. Maybe you think, actually, I'd just like to share my life a bit more with, with Tom. Well, the best way to find out if that's um, reciprocated, go and ask. <laughs> like, just, just, hey, Tom, can I just, you know, can, can we have a coffee or can we share or something? Just if it's a baby step, wonderful. Mm. Now, for some of us, maybe we've got fingers free. I've got one finger free here. And um, then there may be another question for you. Maybe there's a question for you if, how can you extend that circle of influence? How can you extend your life? Remember in the beginning I was just putting this out there that our life isn't meant to just be in a bubble. And sometimes there are seasons when, when it's a bit more 
you know, focused around our own lives and we have to get things in our house in order and stuff. That's really fine. But God wants you to share your life, to expose what's within you. Because actually what he put in you is light. What he put in you is life. So just want to encourage you that you have so much to give. And sometimes we disqualify ourselves and think, oh, that's, you know, I have, all, I have problems. And No, 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 but you have so much to give. So um, let's think of church wherever we are. And if we need someone else to be in our lives, let's invite some others and do church together. You've maybe heard of this phrase before. It says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if you listened to last week's message, um, if you were at church in the home, Colin Squires from Horse and Shed has testimony of, of basically... Um, for four years, people tried to share life with him, and he was going to sports with them and all of this. He didn't want to know. He mocked them for their faith and all of that. It took four years of just loving him, inviting him again and again. Now, who of us could, would do that for someone that for four years, that person's just completely anti? And then there's a point where he said, um, actually, can you, can you pray? Can we talk? But in his case, it took four years. Now, I don't know how you came to faith. Maybe that's something to think about. But I think for quite a few of us, it might have been someone was sharing life before actually they were sharing their faith. But you have so much to give, whether a listening ear, a helping hand, just being genuinely interested in those around you, just being aware. And I think I know that for me sometimes in the the day-to-day life, and I want to do this, and I need to do that, you sort of just are in your zone and, and you forget sometimes about those around you. But I think one thing that is at the heart of the Great Commission is to be aware of others, you know, um, and to be aware. Isn't that how Jesus loved? Didn't he give his full attention to the person in front of him, whether it was the woman at the well where he was just talking and then a miracle happened, or whether it's someone who needed a healing or whatever it was, he, he was aware of them, he listened to them, he asked questions, he asked a lot of questions. It was also funny with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Actually, he shared life first. Do you know what the first question is that Jesus asked? Can I have some water? Can I have have a drink? Terry asked her this morning in the the coffee area, do you want a drink? (laughs) That's good, Terry's sharing life. You know, like, Jesus didn't come out with the most theological, professional answer. He actually said, "Uh, can I have a drink? And which was completely crazy anyways. And she's like, but I'm a woman, you shouldn't be talking to me. I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. And so he was just going through all these cultural barriers, all the... He just asked for a drink. And so sometimes we can overlook that. But maybe there's someone in your life and you can invite them for a drink. And they might think, this is crazy. Like, um, but just to share life. Now, sharing life doesn't mean you agree with everything the other person is standing for. I talked to um, someone earlier and they said about, you know, around their lives, their workplace, there are a lot of people who, who are a bit all over the place with their gender. They don't know what they are and who they are. But sharing life with them doesn't mean we agree with the lifestyle and with some of the things that, um, you know, I think maybe you don't agree or something like even sometimes as Christian, we can disagree on a few things. But to be honest, that shouldn't keep us from coming together and sharing life and praying and blessing each other. So when you share life with others or people at work, it doesn't mean you agree, but you can still share your heart. Jesus, Jesus talked about us, his disciples, and he used certain analogies talked about light in the darkness he talked about salt on the earth yeast in a dough now you don't bring the darkness to the light you bring the light in the darkness you don't have 
you know, we don't get food in the salt pot. You put the salt in the... So it's, sometimes we try and bring people into our place here, but actually it's us being light in the darkness. It's us being salt in the earth to keep things from going bad. Salt, flavoring things, bringing it alive. Or yeast in the dough. Now, I'm not a great baker, but I know you need to put the yeast in the dough for it to work. And the, when Jesus talks about it, he said, you know, the kingdom of God, the things of God are like yeast in the dough. You just have to net it through. Just, it might be just a little bit. And I don't think you use much. Anyone not know? Sharon's shaking her head. Don't use much yeast. <laughs> it's going to explode or something. But just a little bit. You know, and again, we know this, but the little you have or the thing you have, just keep putting it in the dough and it will work itself through. Whatever your life touches, it's going to change. But we also know that we're much more effective and stronger together. So let's do things together. Invite people into your life. Share life with others. And again, if you feel a bit stuck, maybe it's time to extend your circle of influence, your relationships. You've got so much to give. Now, just in the last few minutes, I just want to dwell on this thing that sometimes it can take a time, you know, in Colin Squire's testimony from last time, he said it took him four years of completely arguing with them, being against them all the time, and they just shared life with him, and they were just honest with him about their own struggles, and then he saw the integrity, and there was a point, but it took four years. Think of Jesus loving Judas. I know it was three years, not four, but roughly, but... Jesus loving Judas, and at the end where, when they have the Last Supper, they share a meal, and Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. They didn't know who it was. They said, Jesus, is it me? No, surely not going to be me. So Jesus can't have treated Judas any different to any of the others. He must have loved Judas like he has loved John, Matthew, the other guys, which was quite an interesting group anyways, from all different walks of life. But Jesus loved Judas all the three years, but I think he knew and Jesus knew it would be one of them, but I'm sure he knew. So maybe someone in your life is a bit like Judas. You know they're not reliable. You know that they're not going to love you back. And maybe you know this is going to be a sacrifice for me to love that person because they're very annoying or they talk too much or something. But, but think of Jesus' example. Think of Jesus loving them. And let's stand together in loving others, right? But, but in Mark 10, Jesus says to Peter, so Peter says to Jesus, Jesus, we've left stuff to follow you. But in Mark 10, Jesus responds to him and says, truly I tell you, no one who's left home, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children, fields, for me and the gospel, they, will, they won't fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, all the stuff, along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. God is no man's debtor. When we pour out our lives, he sees it. He knows it. And if it takes three years or four years of loving people that can't give it back, that may be going to hurt you back, that, you know, but can we love like that? And Jesus says, I'm going to give you, I'm going to bless you in that. But when we love, let's not think of human love that expects back. Let's think of Jesus' love, loving, Jesus loving Judas. Jesus knowing exactly what Judas is going to do for money as well. He betrayed a friend. Let's love superfi- uh, sacrificially, not superficially at all. Let's love sacrificially. One more scripture before I just want to close. In Matthew 25, and we all know this one well, but I just want to inspire us. Some of us are already doing that in our lives and so much goes unnoticed, but be encouraged with these verses from Matthew 25. Jesus says, I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. That's a great commission. That's sharing life, food, 
I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. Maybe someone around you that lives around you is a stranger or is a bit isolated. Be encouraged with these verses. It says, I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick, you looked after me. And so many of us here are doing that so well already. Be encouraged. I was in prison, you came to visit me. But then the righteous will answer to those who stand before God. They say, but Lord, when did we see you hungry? Like, Jesus, when did we feed you or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And then the, it says, the king respond, responds or replies, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you did to me. Just think of that, especially when you're loving someone sacrificially, who is not going to love you back. But maybe they just need a bit of time. So I just want to pray now as we, as we sort of close this section of our morning. But just, just as you close your eyes and just focus on God, just, just give him your heart. And I'm sure you've been thinking of people. We were writing some names down earlier. Maybe it's someone in this room. Maybe someone that doesn't know Jesus, whoever it is. But... But just the sense of God, you, you've given me so much. Like, help me to see how I can share that with others. And Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you've put so much into our lives. You've given us stories to tell. You've given us wisdom from along the way. You've, you've given us a listening ear, helping hand. And I pray that that ear is going to listen to people. I pray that those hands that you've given us are going to reach out to people. I pray that these feet you've given us are going to walk into people's lives to love them well. Of course we want them to find Jesus, but first of all, we also want to love them well. That's what you've commanded us to do. Father, I just pray that <clears throat> where some of us have gone, gone tired of loving because there just doesn't seem to be anything happening. Father, I just want to thank you that you know, and we've loved you in that. But also, Lord, I thank you that even in that situation, there's a next step. Maybe someone else can come into their lives. Maybe rather than trying to convince them to come here on a Sunday morning. Maybe we can go around to their house. Maybe we can meet up for coffee. Maybe we can go for a walk, whatever it is. Father, I just pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts here in this church to see what you're saying for these people, to see how we can love them well. Maybe they would freak out by the thought of coming here and not knowing anyone, but they might be fine to go for a walk. They might be fine to have a drink. They might be fine in a lunch break at work. Lord, help us to to realize that we are the church. It's not a building, it's not a place, it's not a Sunday morning at 10. We are your church. And I just pray that you have already done that, but you would send us out in our hearts. We would hear that call that we've been sent to bind up the brokenhearted. We've been sent to love people. We've been sent to, to invite them for a drink, to get them something to eat, to clothe them, whatever it is. And I thank you, Lord, that as you love through us, your love is powerful. Yeah. And I thank you for fresh power as we love people, Lord. Thank you for fresh power when we share our lives, that, that people can sense your presence, that people are loved to wholeness, if that makes sense, that as people are around our lives individually and together, they become well because they're spending time in your presence without realizing it maybe. So Jesus, I want to thank you that we are carriers of your presence, each and every one of us. And when we know you and you come into our lives, we carry Jesus wherever we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we are the church. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.